Casting Nets, a real podcast about real life and living faith. I am one of your hosts, uh, Pastor Dave Rudat. Uh, Pastor Will Harley is spending some time with his family this week. Uh, their illness has hit the Harley household, and he's taking a day to make sure that uh, his family is well. Illnesses have been going around. Uh, my kids are in a play at Manitowoc Lutheran High School this weekend, all th- three of my older ones. And my younger son, uh, the youngest of the three, was in a minor role in the play, but now uh, is one of the major roles. He started learning this on Monday because one of the cast members has gotten sick. And so if you are so inclined, please join with me in praying uh, for this cast member, member and for uh, the Harley household. Lord, please be with Pastor Harley and his family, uh, and please be with the Toma family as well. Uh, grant healing according to your infinite mercy. Bless all the medical means employed on, on their behalf. Uh, grant them healing so that they can give glory to you and and love their neighbor here in this world as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, Pastor Will Harley and I were on our way to the book of Leviticus, and we are not stalling, dear listeners. We're not stalling to look at the book of Leviticus, just life has happened. We're going to head there. And oftentimes the book of Leviticus is a book that is intimidating because of all of its uh, passages and uh, all, not just all the words. It's not just intimidating because of all the words. It's intimidating because of all the concepts and people get bogged down and they say, where is Jesus in all of this? And so Pastor Will Harley and myself are going to go through the book of Leviticus with you. And uh, we're excited about it because we get to, sh- we're going to, the challenge of trying to find Jesus in all of these uh, sacrifices and all of these requirements in the book of Leviticus. So that being said, uh, we've got a Friday, an open spot, have some time. I am going to share with you some thoughts I had from a recent course that I took. Um, pastors need to be professionally growing, whether that be in an organized way, taking courses from our seminary or uh, reading books. Um, we had a podcast about this a while back on professional growth, the five reasons why uh, your pastor should be uh, growing professionally. And so last week I was doing a, a course, a 1.5 credit course in three days, about teach them to your children, helping parents uh, fulfill their responsibilities to their children. And really it was about discipleship. So I want to share with you three thoughts from discipleship, three things you might not have known about this concept of discipleship. And as always, as we are, as I am sharing with you my thoughts, uh, I hold high the cross of Christ. I hold myself to the confessions and to the Bible. But sometimes the things that I say aren't necessarily the viewpoints of my church or my church body. So I um, have a disclaimer. It's just me talking, giving you my thoughts. I'm using this podcast to help me organize my thoughts, really. Uh, what did I actually learn last week with this uh, fire hose that was <laughs> given at my direction? Where um, That's what I, sometimes the people say when you're taking a course in such a short period of time. They say it's like drinking water from a fire hose. And that definitely was true for me. So it's just just a way for me to assimilate this information, to be able to to articulate what did I learn, and perhaps along the way, uh, you learned something as well. So 
It's just me here in my uh, office here at Emmanuel Lutheran Church, and surely using the equipment that we use for our Emmanuel Lutheran, um, we have our own uh, podcast or sermon podcast called Emmanuel Cares. I've got a cup of coffee here, some notes. Glad you're here. And let's go into the topic of three things you may not have known about discipleship. nice it is to have somebody doing a podcast with me uh forgot to talk about how to contact us contact us by emailing castingnetspod at gmail.com you can contact us on facebook you can contact us in person on sundays or uh, whenever we have bible class i personally have bible class at emmanuel on thursdays at three o'clock and seven o'clock um i'm also on facebook as well so if you want to contact me personally through facebook or through our uh casting nets Facebook page. Either way, gets to us, have a conversation, talk to us. Uh, that's really the whole reason why we're doing this uh, podcast, not just for um, our benefits so that we can hear ourselves talk or maybe organize our thoughts, but more importantly, so that we can share Jesus with you and be able to have a conversation with you about Jesus because that's what we are passionate about. The topic that I'm talking about today is discipleship. And discipleship sounds like a church word that means very little. But a discipleship is really why a church exists. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 28, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus has this whole idea, this whole concept of making disciples the job of the church. And an organized church does that with a, in brick and mortar and what's going on inside of the brick and mortar or what's going on to the people that go to that particular site of brick and mortar. But it is the church's uh, task to make disciples. It's in the Old Testament as well. There's an Old Testament word for discipleship as well. Um, talked to, it's used oftentimes when talking about people following and doing what their leaders says. You and I are disciples. We are following our leader, following Jesus. That leads me to my first point. And the first point is discipleship. The concept has always been around, but not always utilized. After Jesus told his disciples to make disciples of all nations, that's what the church does. Whether it was an organized church or whether it was a believer's uh, gathering because of persecution, they didn't have a place to gather but they still gathered and shared God's word with one another, shared the sacrament uh, with one another and with those around them. It's always been there, but it hasn't always been utilized. I think one of the major concepts uh, and thoughts that I was thinking of when it comes to this point is just the, the mindset that we have in America about what it means to be a member of a church. Do we think of it in terms of discipleship? And of course, I haven't defined discipleship for you. But I, I'm going to contrast it to the idea of membership. When you are a member of something, what does that mean? If you're a member of a Sam's Club or a member of Costco, what does that mean? Oftentimes that means that you have some sort of rights or benefits. You can go shopping at Sam's Club or if you're a member of a gun club, you can use the facilities um, and get better at your craft. 
is that what it means to be a follower of Christ? That we have a membership with benefits. And what would be the benefits? Well, we have a place to get buried for one. We've got a nice, we can uh, have access to a cemetery. Or we have a pastor available when we, when our kids want to get married or when we want to get married or when we have children and we want that child baptized. If that's what it means to you to be a follower of Jesus, then you don't understand what Jesus says about going and making disciples. And that's why, and it was, it was illuminating for me to just to think about this whole idea. What is a disciple of Christ? What does, what's, what are the marks of a disciple? And there are five marks for being a disciple. Probably the first one, which would um, is the foundation for all the rest, is that a disciple is somebody who carries a cross. Jesus uh, says it in Luke chapter 9, at verse 23, when he says, If anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Taking up your cross, denying yourself, is what it means, first of all, to be a disciple. This is the foundational groundwork. We think of that in terms of our sinful nature. Our sinful nature has all kinds of ideas, what we want to do. Our sinful nature wants to think, these are things that are really good for you, Dave Rudat. I think you should do these things. And daily we are saying, no, sinful nature, that's not what I want, even though your suggestions to me actually help me. You know, uh, if I'm mean to somebody else, then I'm protected. Then they can't be mean back to me. But that's not how a child of God behaves. So I'm going to deny myself and follow Christ. Or the sinful nature says, you've got to watch out for yourself first, and then you can take care of others. And the cross says, God will take care of me. Others need my attention and my time and my effort. So I'm going to deny what's good for me for the benefit of my neighbor. So what does that mean for members of our congregation? What does that mean for you? That means being a disciple of Jesus means you've got to say no to yourself and your sinful nature. Now, who wants to do that? <laughs> right? Who wants to be a member of a club where in the member, as a membership of that club, you are constantly fighting a battle with yourself? That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to be someone who has been called out of this world, a world surrounded by people always looking at, after their own interests, and to be more and more like Christ, who lived in this world, always thinking of others. We are empowered to do this through his word and sacraments. It's not something that we do on our own. It's something God gives us in his word, calling us out of this world. He, When he calls us, he enables us. Think of what that means for the family of God, where a family says, you know what, what's important is that we're in family devotions. We're, we're all tired. We all need time. We all need uh, time to rest. But we're going to be in family devotions. Yeah, we're, uh, we have a tough weekend, lots of things going on, but it's important for this family to be in church on Sunday, to hear God's word. 
discipleship. That's right. It's a concept that is always been there. All, God's word has always been ready for us, but not always utilized. Oftentimes people think of church as just something that uh, a membership club in which I get some, certain benefits. You know, it does things for me rather than a place where Christ, through his word and sacrament, calls me to be different than what I am, to be better than I was yesterday, to fight a battle with myself and my own sinful nature because I am a child of God. I've been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. I've been saved through him. I am no longer my own. I am his. He has uh, uh, called me out of this world to a world that is to come. I am loved. I am forgiven. I am empowered through his word to be different, to make a difference in this world. And oftentimes that means saying no to myself. Another mark or key, a concept, what it means to be a disciple, is that we follow Christ's example. So we are a follower of Christ. We don't get to make up what it means to be a follower of Christ or make uh, choose our own adventure when it comes to being a disciple of Christ. We follow his example. So when it comes to loving others, forgiving others, treating others, uh, having our own uh, code of conduct, we're following Christ. And it was fascinating to me, he was teaching us about uh, in the New Testament times, around the time of Gamaliel, this whole idea of discipleship was a concept used in, for example, with Gamaliel, the guy who uh, taught the Apostle Saul, for example, where guys would just literally, they would follow a teacher for some time, and then they would get they'd go up in rank. There's like three different ranks. And the closer they got in rank, the more they could interact with this teacher, but with the goal of eventually starting your own school and having your own followers, but again, you're always following, you're listening to the teacher and you're taking in his concepts and then you are regurgitating that concepts to others as well. So it is a, a, the second key to being a disciple is someone who actually follows a Christ example. A third a key of discipleship is doctrine, doctrine that is lived, not necessarily a doctrine that is defended. For example, Jesus says, if you hold my teachings in John 8, you are really my disciples. If you hold to my teaching, not necessarily that. <laughs> and the idea of the doctrine that Jesus teaches is, is meant to be a doctrine that is lived, not a doctrine that is defended. It goes, uh, Pastor Will Harley has talked about this as well, where how, who we are on Sunday should not be the, dif the different than the person that we are on Monday. The concepts that are talked about on Sunday should be the same concepts that are talking about on Monday. Now, we may not always live up to those expectations or those ideals, but those are the ideals that we're holding ourselves to, just as we are holding ourselves to those certain ideals in this podcast. We want to be sharing with you God's Word and following uh, God's Word and following the confessions, but we don't often, um, we're, not, we're not perfect in that, and we, uh, we can be corrected, we're open to being corrected, we're working toward being more and more uh, like Christ as individuals and, and as pastors. So the, this whole idea of doctrine is something that is lived. It's a part of us, not necessarily something that we defend. And how do you see that in, in, the, in the pew? Oftentimes people say, well, my church teaches this, or they teach that. There's no they when it comes to you and your church. We teach this. We teach that. And if your church teaches something that you don't agree with, either one, 
You need to talk to your pastor and say, Pastor, I'm really struggling with this teaching. Help me understand it better. Or two, you need to leave. The organized church should be a group of people who hold on to the teachings of God's word, hold themselves to it. We're not always perfect. I just mentioned that before. But these teachings that we talk about are ours. This is what we believe. This is what we live. This is what it means to be a follower of Christ, to hold on to these things. So there's no they. They believe this or they teach that. It should be something that is lived. And so for an individual, and it's not hard to understand what your church teaches, right? Look at your catechism that you received. Read through that. Um, attend a Bible information course that your church offers. There's no shame in, in getting that refresher. I, I tell you as a pastor, it is just, it is quite a blessing to be able to go through the catechism every year um, and or to be in Bible information class or to teach Bible information class. It's a blessing for me because I'm, it grounds me again in what I believe. This The thing that I am reading in the Bible becomes a part of who I am. It becomes, uh, reflects itself in how I live my life. Another doctrine, another key point of what it means to be a, a disciple of Christ is love. I, guess that, I suppose that follows under uh, following Jesus' example that we love one another. And uh, another key of that is, is making other disciples as well. This idea of what we have is something that is meant to be shared. This life that we live is something we want to share. So whether that be with our own children or with those around us, we want other people to be this way. We've Maybe we've done our homework and looked at other uh, ways of living your life and we say this way is the best. Or maybe we know that what we are living is the best because it is from God's Word. We've looked through God's Word ourselves. We've gone through um, Bible information course, or we've gone through our catechism. We've gone over those Bible passages, and we said, what pastor says here, this is this is the right thing. Or what my church teaches, this is indeed the right thing. So those are the uh, the keys or the marks of a discipleship, and they've always been there but they haven't always been utilized. That was my first point. Oftentimes we we uh, we get sidetracked and we are confused about what it means to be a follower of a church or a member of a congregation. Uh, maybe just that term member just needs to go away um, because it's it has those connotations of uh, some, I get benefits from it or something that I receive because I'm here instead of that this is a, a, a calling, a, a change of life, a lifestyle, a worldview that I am adopting because I go to this church and receive the word of God and the sacraments there. The second point that we're talking about today, the second thing you may not know about discipleship is that it's always been a problem. It's always been a problem. Why has it always been a problem? Because we have sinful natures. Why has it always been a problem? Because we have the devil and his cohorts are waging war against the Lord's church, trying to get people and leading them astray away from their true love, which is Christ, and back to their first love, which is themselves. And uh, it was fascinating. We looked at all kinds of statistics of as to the different generations and their characteristics and how did the how did the organized church look during those times of those different generations. And and uh, Pastor Doberstein, who led the, led the course, who was our uh, discipleship coordinator for our synod, 
um, he, uh, he, he had the question, he said, when was the golden age of family ministry? When was that? And oftentimes we, when we think of the golden age or the good old days, we're looking back to a time when we were say eight or nine years old. And when we're eight or nine years old, guess what? We don't know all of the tragedies and stuff that's going around us. We just see the good things. Maybe we do. Maybe some of us who have been eight or nine uh, witnessed some terrible things. But generally speaking, we remember the good. We forget the bad. Or we weren't aware of all of the bad that was around us. And as we went through all of the generations, um, the recent generations, you know, the baby boomers, the greatest generation, generation X, generation Y, generation Z, millennials, and all of that, we looked at all their characteristics and we said, you know, they, they, they all have a sinful nature. They all can be led uh, away from God. They all have their different reasons, their different uh, cultural impacts and things of that nature. But basically it comes down to um, they have a sinful nature. And one of the... Uh, one of the things that uh, he brought up was a paper delivered by August Pieper at our convention in 1919. So right after the First World War, you've had a pandemic, flu pandemic. Our Senate has a convention in 1919, and he just rails the Senate. Woe to its pastors, woe to its teachers, and all of this because they were becoming complacent and were not discipling other members and uh so it the the concept of discipleship if we could go back to a time when it was absolutely perfect we wouldn't necessarily find it even in the early church that we read about in acts yeah that shows lots of great examples of how the early church worked but it still had its struggles right widows were neglected for a time for example uh, it struggled with uh, the whole idea of circumcision. That was a, a long-standing problem, a lingering problem, where God's people weren't listening to what God's word has to say. And uh, but, so anyway, we all have a sinful nature. Discipleship has always been a problem, but that shouldn't discourage us, because that leads me to point number three. And point number three is that God's word always stands ready to disciple. God's word always stands ready to call us out of this world into uh, into God's household, into God's family. And God's word always stands ready to help us lead our families and to disciple them, to share with them uh, God's word and to share with them Jesus. God's word is always standing ready to make more disciples. I was uh, struck by this when I was given an assignment to read an article from our uh, seminary essay webpage and to talk to about discipleship. What did I learn from discipleship from this particular article? And uh, my goal was to look at some Bible passages to help teach discipleship. And I'm trying to grow in that regard. And so I thought, what better way to learn about teaching discipleship than, say, take a paper from a synod convention, which is geared not just for pastors, but also geared for members of congregations. So everything has to be explained. You know, you can't just throw Greek and Hebrew at them all day. You've got to actually explain it. So if I could read this essay, maybe it would help me dis, uh, explain discipleship. And it was a, a, a paper called Equipping the Saints and Equipping Them for Discipleship. And the author talked about discipleship 
but only one little aspect, and that is to be people who are in God's word. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, we just talked about the, what does it mean to be a discipleship, all of those things to carry across, to actually uh, live our life and model our life after Christ, to actually uh, love people, to actually have a doctrine that's lived rather than a doctrine that's defended, uh, to actually um, make more disciples and try to uh, pass on this information to others. How come it isn't there? Um, and you, you know, first of all, you say, well, maybe it's because uh, people haven't come up with it yet. You know, kind of think of it, this has been invented, or uh, the church is always growing and, and learning and progressing and evolving. Uh, I hate to use that term, but just the idea of of it growing. I, and what struck me was, is I thought to myself, well, if this was at a convention, maybe there was another paper. And sure enough, there were two other papers, Equipping God's People for Stewardship and Equipping God's People for Evangelism. And in those two other papers, boom, there they were. This is what it means to be a disciple. There he did talk about cross-bearing. There he did talk about doctrine that is uh, lived. There he did talk about love, loving uh, your God and loving your neighbor uh, and following Christ's example in both of those. So, and the reason why all of those inf- that all that information was there was because the presenters were doing something called reading the Bible. God's word always stands ready to make disciples. It's not it's not that the church has to come up with new ideas or reinvent itself every generation. But the church has to be proclaiming God's word and living God's word. Perhaps that's a mistake that uh, our current church is at, where we are uh, thinking of ourselves as a church, maybe it goes back to what I was uh, beginning the show with, talking about what does it mean to be a member of a church, and we have this mistaken idea that member means benefits, means something that I get rather than something that I live. Um, there are so many negative at, um, views on the church these days. You know, People look at the church and say, these are a bunch of hypocrites. And, and you, to some degree, we would say, of course I agree, because I'm holding on to ideals, that I don't always live up to. But if we are, if if we're, that's in a certain sense that's true. Other times that um, that comment of being hypocritical is because the church is looking at its doctrine as something to be defended rather than lived. And then, of course, then that doct- uh, hypocritical is even more true uh, because people are not actually living their faith, but. Uh, um, treating as if their faith is something that they can choose their own adventure, choose their own way uh, to get to heaven, and they can uh, ignore certain doctrines that, that are uncomfortable for them. So a lot of these negative views of the church, whether the church is being um, hypocritical, maybe a negative view of the church is that the church is always viewed with, uh, it, its its goal is always to uh, get more people inside of that church rather than to help people be better versions of themselves to be um, cross-followers, cross-bearers, that the church isn't concerned with helping one another bear our crosses and uh, loving one another and loving our neighbor, that the church is more in concern with bodies rather than relationships. So that would be probably a a fair criticism, wouldn't you say? If our church is only just about um, bodies rather than relationships, then we have a problem. But if we are a discipling church, we will be focused on people. How can we help people live the calling that God has put them in? How can we encourage them in the calling that God has put them in? 
sometimes people look at a negative view of the church uh, that the church is sheltered again if the church is looking at itself and saying well we have to protect ourselves from the world rather than engaging in the world maybe that would be a fair criticism wouldn't it if we're just trying to say the world is bad out there <laughs> let let's let's go inside the church and then we'll never we'll shelter our children from all that's around us and uh we're forgetting that we are meant to be lights in the world. Yeah, there are a lot of dangers in the world. Yeah, you're going to protect your children to a certain extent, but you can't protect them from everything, and you can't protect them forever. So what? what's your alternative? To equip them. Equip them with God's Word. So that what they learn about isn't just something that they learned, but something that they live. What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? doctrine that's lived rather than doctrine that's protected sometimes people look at a negative view on the church as it's um, judgmental that we're railing against the certain sins and of course that's a fair criticism if that's what we're doing we're we're, we're picking sins that we we don't commit <laughs> right that somebody else commits the plank in somebody else's eye or wait a speck that's in somebody else's eye that we forget about the plane that is in our own eye. And so, dear listener, if you're going to a church and your pastor makes you feel uncomfortable, it's not that he's being judgmental sometimes. Sometimes he's just sharing with you God's truth so that you be a better person than you were before. That you are you recognize that there is a war going on within your own soul. And here's a there's a front that you've been ignoring, and now the front has been activated through the power of God's word that you would see something in your life that you don't like anymore. And, of course, you translate that into saying, well, pastor was picking on me. So I think it's a fair criticism to say the church is judgmental if the church is picking on sins that the church doesn't struggle with herself. But we are going to point out sin because that's our task as a church to equip and make disciples of all nations. And making a disciple means having someone deny themselves and deny their sinful nature and go to war with their sinful nature backed by the powerful word of God, backed by the powerful means of grace that God gives so freely to us God's word stands ready for us, friends. So how can you help your pastor be a better discipler? Pray for him. But also, be on his side, be his advocate and say, Pastor, we've got to help our congregation be disciples rather than members that they would live. Help me, Pastor. Help me to be a better discipler. Let's, Pastor, let's talk about the warfare that's going on within my soul. Because I'm struggling with this sin or that sin. And to have your pastor talk to you and be the voice of Jesus to you, telling you that your sins are forgiven. That the God that you are, that you've let down is a God who still loves you and cares for you and saves you through sending his son Jesus to die for you
Well, thank you very much, friends. Um, it helps me to kind of put all of the thoughts, the 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 uh, fire hose that was sprayed at me the last couple of weeks, or the last week, I should say, last couple of days and the last couple of weeks. It's been a long week this week. I've been staying up late, uh, making sure my kids got home safely. Last night, they got home at like 1130 at night, so uh, some of my sentences aren't uh, coming together as I would like. However, it's been good. Um, and thank you very much for listening and uh, engaging. By no means did I exhaust the topic on discipleships, but if this perhaps perked your interest, um, you there's more information in, in, a, in a place, in a book. You don't even have to buy it. It's a book probably on your bookshelf already. It's called the Bible. Or you can look online. You can go to Bible Gateway and just type in disciple and look at the Bible passages that talk about disciple and or follow me, put those in there, and just see uh, all of the Bible passages that Jesus talks about when it comes to following. Go to our Wells Seminary website and go on WLSessays.net and read some things on discipleship as well if you're a leader in a congregation. But most importantly, yeah, go to God's Word. Discipleship is such an awesome thing that uh, Jesus uh, put in his church. And the three things we may not have thought about uh, discipleship that we talked about today is that it's always been around but not always utilized. It's always been a problem because we have a sinful nature. And God's Word stands ready to help us disciple ourselves, those around us, and the next generation. Until next time, real life living faith, find it in God's Word. Uh, find it in our podcast, Casting Nets. And hopefully next week, prayerfully, uh, if God uh, grants it, that we will be together with Pastor Will Harley and myself for another exciting, entertaining, hopefully educating and equipping podcast called Casting Nets. Mm-hmm.